Blog Talk Radio. Well, hello, children of the Most High God. Welcome to Kingdom Empowerment. I'm your host, Minister Coilette James, and as always, it is a blessing and an honor to meet with you in the airwaves. We're going to go before the throne of God and just invoke his spirit and his guidance and his wisdom on tonight's broadcast. So join in with me. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise. Hallelujah. We give you glory and honor, O God. It is such a privilege and an honor to be able just to enter into your presence and come before the throne room of heaven just to worship you, O Lord God, to increase, Lord God, our intimate time with you, to, Father God, draw nearer unto you. We give you praise, Lord, that you have seen us through yet another day. You've seen us through just other times and turmoil and troubles and different things that we have gone through throughout the course of this day. But, God, you have remained faithful. You have remained steadfast. You have kept us, Lord God, clothed in our right minds. We thank you, Lord God, that we're able to utilize our vocal cords, O Lord God. We're able to use our limbs, O Lord God. We just give you praise on tonight. Father, I yield myself unto you, and, Lord, I ask, Father, that you would use me as your oracle, that you would be able to speak through me, O Lord God, that you would be able to bless your children, Lord, through that that you have imparted into me and onto any people, Lord God, any of your children that join in on tonight. I ask, Father, that their hearts and their minds would be open to receive from you, Lord God, to receive a word from you of encouragement, to receive, Father God, instruction to receive, Lord God, breakthrough and deliverance. Lord, we just give you praise tonight. Father, anyone that decides to join in on the conversation, Lord, and share what they have and what you've imparted into them, anoint them likewise, Father God, to give truth, Lord God, to rightly divide your word. And we just give you the praise and the glory for it, Father God. We thank you. We honor you. We worship you for your grace and your mercy. And unto you be all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. And we say that it is so in Jesus' awesome and mighty name. Well, amen, amen, amen. Again, it is a blessing a privilege, and an honor to meet with you on tonight. We just, uh, we're excited, we're excited, we're excited. And when I say we're, I'm saying me and the Holy Spirit and all of those that I've, I've conferred with leading up to this broadcast, we're just excited about this time in the body of Christ. It's an awesome time to be alive. It is an awesome time to be able to share. It's an awesome time to develop even deeper intimacy with God. God is truly, truly calling his children closer and closer to him. He wants, hallelujah, to impart within us his spirit. He wants to share his heart with us. He wants, hallelujah, to be a part of our everyday lives, to invoke, Lord, his presence upon us. And we are grateful for that on tonight. We are grateful, grateful, grateful. We're going to just kind of set the tone for the evening by just playing one song. It's Beyond the Veil, and we've done it each week leading up to this week in this series of intimacy 
with God. And beyond the veil is where we find that intimate time with him. So we're going to just let this song play and let it minister to your spirit, and we'll be right back to share a word with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We praise you, God. Hallelujah. This morning's rising, new mercy given. I thank you for every miracle manifested, great or small. I praise you. Yes, there. My heart desires is to worship you each day without fail. This is my earnest prayer. This is my earnest plea. Bid me come 
keep our mindset focused on that place in God, that deep, intimate place in God. We cannot afford in this time to be on the outside looking in, to be an outsider and not be fully persuaded that we can trust God, not be fully persuaded that we can serve ourselves up over to God. It's kind of like just putting yourself on the altar and saying, Lord, I am the sacrifice. I am yours. I sacrifice my thoughts. I sacrifice my own wants, my desires, whatever it is that does not align itself with your will for me, with what you have for me, with your creative purpose for me. Anything that is within me, anything that is within my life that does not align itself with your creative purpose for my life, then I submit and surrender it. I let it go. And the only way we can do that is once we press into that place of intimacy with God that we trust him enough to release it. Now, I know all of us, whether you're listening live or whether you tune in to the archive broadcast, all of us have points in our life when we have believed God for something, we've spoken over it, we've decreed it, we've touched and agreed, we've done all the different things that we've been taught to do, and that thing did not come to pass. We all have testimonies of that. Not one of us can say that every single thing that we were believing for has happened. Now, a lot of the things have come to pass, and thank God for answered prayers. But when we walk through times of disappointment, when things happen and it doesn't align itself with what our thought was that it should be or what we prayed for, what we petitioned God for, and and the thing did not align itself, we suffered and we felt that disappointment, we back up from God and say we can't trust him. And that is what we cannot afford to do in this hour. We cannot afford to do that because when you back up in that relationship, then you lose ground. You lose that place of intimacy. You feel like you've been betrayed. You feel like sometimes that God can do something for everybody but you. You feel like um, you've prayed, but you've prayed amiss. You feel like all of these different things are coming at you, and you start to question your intimacy with God. You start to question your walk with God. You start to question what you've heard from God, and this is not the hour for that. If anything, when you walk through those types of disappointments, they should be a wake-up call to say, okay, i got to press in closer to you, God, because I need to understand. And not that you're not a sovereign God, not that I, I believe that I can um, do something better than what you can do, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about getting into that place with God where you say, okay, did I miss it or did I pray amiss? Did I miss it or did I hear wrong? Did I miss it or was it something that I wanted so badly that I neglected to seek your counsel on it before I started standing for it? 
we need to, to stop and check things like that out. We need to um, take that time before God to to talk to him, to bear how we feel before him. Again, remember, we're talking about intimacy with God. We're talking about being in a place with God that we can express ourselves, being in a place with God that he can express himself to us. When you're in an intimate place with your spouse, you guys can talk about anything. When you have that type of a trust factor between you and, and your spouse, then there's nothing that you withhold from one another. You really don't worry about judgment or being judged. You don't worry about um, you're not fearful to sit and bear your soul. At least you shouldn't be. Now, there are possible times, you know, in, in natural relationships that some things are just better left unsaid. I understand that. I fully understand that. I've been married many, many, many years, so I understand that. But in our intimate time with God, we don't have to hold back anything. We can sit and we can talk to him. If you feel disappointed, you can go to him. You can say, Daddy, I believed you for this. Why? Why didn't it happen? Or just please... Give me insight. Is it yet to be? Because some things are just, they just have not manifested themselves yet. It doesn't mean that it's no. Delay does not mean denied. But there are times when that that you've asked for was not part of God's will for you. So it didn't come to pass. No matter what the reason is, we cannot allow what has happened in the past to cause us to lose our intimate time with the Father. We can't afford that. We've got to keep that closeness with him. We've got to keep that closeness with him. So we're going to do a little review leading up to what we're going to talk about tonight. We started off the first week just dealing with that intimacy, just dealing with that relationship, dealing with the type of relationship that God wants to have with you. And I, I admonish you, if you missed that broadcast, please go back and listen to the archives because it was really, really blessed. Last week we dealt with why was I chosen. God specifically chose you to have that intimate relationship with you. And we discussed how he always separates a remnant unto himself to be a witness to him in this earth realm. We are his ambassadors. We are the only representative of God that people are going to see in the natural. God uses his children to represent. He said all creation was groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. Why is all creation groaning? Because they're looking for a sign. They're looking to know. They need to know that God exists. They need to know that God is real. They need to know that they can, they can trust him, that they can have faith in him. And so he uses us to show forth that to show forth his love, to be a witness that he is God. If you read the book of Isaiah all through that book, he's constantly saying, ye are my witness that I am God. I am the true and living God. 
It is in him that we can put our trust. So just because you've been disappointed, don't that does not mean that God is not still on the throne. That does not mean that God is not still God. And it does not mean that there may not be disappointing moments in the future. But when you get to that intimate place with God, you get to a time in your life where it's like disappointing moments are just that. It's a moment in time. It comes, it goes. Just as quick as it comes, it goes. Why? Because you've gotten into that intimate place of knowing I can trust him with me. I can trust him with my life. I can trust him with my dreams. I can trust him with my loved ones. I can trust him to be exactly who he said he is, and that is God in my life. A lot of us were chosen because of our forefathers or our ancestors, the same way that Abraham's lineage was chosen because of Abraham's stand in God. And God promised Abraham that his lineage would live on forever. Well, we have been adopted into that lineage. We may not be the biological lineage of Abraham, but we have been adopted into the family of God. We are part of those set-apart ones, those ones that God has set apart for his use, the ones that he has called his peculiar treasure. That's who we are to him. So because he has called us, because he has set us apart, you know, it, we have to recognize and understand something, that when you are called of God, when, when you're the chosen one, remember he said many were called but few were chosen. When you have been chosen to be set apart for the master's use, you can expect to have a different life than other people. You can expect, okay, this is this not, don't let anything sneak up on you and surprise you. You can expect to have attacks from the enemy. You can expect your loved ones to speak against you. You can expect the people in the street to mock you. You can expect those things. It's not like some strange phenomenon has occurred. You know, you can expect things to be different, let me put it that way, in your life. You can expect that. But one of the things that I love about Jesus is that he was forthcoming, upright. He he did not sugarcoat anything. He spoke complete, perfect dialogue to you. He was a straight shooter, and I love that. And one of the things that he told us was that in this lifetime, you shall have tribulation. In this world, in this life, you're going to have tribulation. But his next statement was, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. So now that we've gotten that out of the way, now that you can take down from this this thoughts of I can't trust God, that um, God let me down, or I'm angry with God. Now that we can put all that aside, we can get back to that intimacy with God because truly you have been chosen. You are a chosen vessel 
of the Lord God Almighty. You have been chosen to show forth his glory. You have been chosen to be his witness in the earth realm. And you have been chosen to have fellowship with him. You've been chosen to come into that intimate place in his heart where he can reveal his heart to you. You've been chosen for that. And that's an awesome, awesome thing. So moving along and moving ahead, what we're going to talk about tonight, continuing in our series of intimacy with God, we want to talk about meditation. We want to talk about meditating on God. We want to talk about really what meditation is. And and the question is, what is it that you're meditating on? That is the question. What is it that you're meditating on? What is it that has your focus? What is it that you feel um, you have to zero in on and keep it in the forefront of your mind? What is it? Is it about yourself or is it about God? See, a lot of people meditate, but everybody doesn't meditate on the, the same thing. There's a lot of people that are doing doing affirmations every day. They're doing meditations. They're even doing prayers, but they're not praying to the same God. They're not praying in the same manner that Christ taught us to pray. They're not acknowledging Christ in their lives. They're not acknowledging the Holy Spirit. They've not tapped into that intimate place with God. Remember, the Word of God teaches us that when you don't know what to pray, it's the Holy Spirit within you that sometimes makes moanings and groanings on your behalf, but at all times will pray through you so that you can come into agreement with what God wants to release in the atmosphere. So what are you meditating on? Are you meditating on things to build yourself up? Or are you meditating on things to build the spirit of the living God up in you? Is it all about self? Is it all about empowering oneself? Or is it about empowering the spirit of the living God within you? Meditation is a deep thing. In my studies for tonight, I was looking up um, different definitions of meditation and and people see meditation in many different ways even different dictionaries um describe it in many different ways but here's here's one definition that I saw that um just kind of stood out to me it says meditation is a way to invoke the relaxation response and at the same time a way to train and strengthen awareness a method for centering and focusing, a way to halt constant verbal thinking, (coughs) excuse me, a way to halt constant verbal thinking and relax the body-mind, a technique for calming the the central nervous system, a way to relieve stress, to reduce anxiety, to alleviate depression, Now, this writer said, but I would like to emphasize that meditation itself is and always has been a spiritual practice. It's a practice of the spirit. It's a practice that God has given us 
to calm ourselves so that we're not constantly walking in in a, a fit of anxiety. Let's go to the Word of God. In Psalms, the first chapter, the first psalm, it says, Psalms 1, and well, we're going to read Psalms 1, 1 through 3. It says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Now, the writer of this first psalm, he gave us the key of meditation. He said to meditate day and night. It's not a once a day thing, it's not a one-time thing, it's not, oh, well, I'm going to go see my yoga instructor once a week and do some meditation. No, it's about meditating daily, day and night. And what are you meditating on? You're meditating on the Word of God. Remember Joshua 1 and 8 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. When will you be prosperous? When will you have good success? When you meditate day and night on the book of the law, which is the word of God. Everybody is seeking success. Everybody is reading these self-help books. Everybody wants to be empowered. But how are you empowered? Well, as a child of the Most High God, the only empowerment you need to be checking out and seeking after is God. And he's giving you his blueprint to get into his presence. He's giving you the blueprint to learn of him. He's giving you the blueprint of how to be successful how to calm yourself, how to know, how to know, how to know how to live. So while we're running around buying all these self-help books <laughs> and spending all of this money, we've got the greatest self-help book ever written because the only way you're going to really help self is to invoke the spirit of the living God to take over self. That's how self is empowered. That's how self gets better. That's how self moves from dimension to dimension and within the dimensions from level to level. It's by getting into the presence of God. I see I have my dear sister on the line with me, <laughs> and I know she was like, you know, I don't have to guest co-host tonight, but at the same time, I always love to give feedback, and I love her spirit because truly she invokes the presence of God. And and let me say this before I, I bring her on to say a couple of words. Um, it is so important to practice the presence of God, and by practicing the presence of God, that means getting into a quiet place. See, that's where the meditation part comes in. Yeah, I, let me let me find this. I read this earlier, and it just it just blessed my heart. It really did. It said, 
um, oh, it said that prayer is speaking, meditation is listening. And I really, really like that. It's like we get into a place of prayer and we're doing all the talking. But when we are quiet and we sit back and we meditate on the word of God, we have calmed ourselves, we have gotten into a quiet place, and then we can hear God. We can allow him to speak back to us. So, Pastor Dorothy, welcome tonight. How are you? I am wonderful woman of God. You you know that. <laughs> you sure write what you said. You know exactly that. I was like, go ahead and teach, preach. I've got my notebooks out and I'm taking my notes and it is just awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but as always though, as always, it's great, especially the teaching that you that you do. Uh it comes out um it's meat but yet it's chopped up real small and almost pureed. It's really good. <laughs> so everybody can digest it It's really good Amen Bless the Lord Bless the Lord We thank God for you on tonight And So just so you know Your mic is open So anytime you want to jump in Please feel free <laughs> Okay Amen Amen So again And, and just doing some, some study on meditation um, I read some different things That, that really touched Um it touched on why it is so important to meditate on God's word. And, and this person who did this writing, I haven't done any background on him yet, so I'm not going to give his name, but certain things that he said really made made um, God's reasoning for us meditating in his word come alive. And he said that, when we observe the mind, the mind is, is a very um, delicate thing, and, and it's, it has a tendency to cling to negative. He said that if ten positive events are followed by one negative event, the mind will cling to the negative. It will simply forget the ten positive events. And he said, with meditation, however, you can become aware of these two tendencies of the mind to bring it into the presence. He said that we are normally as, and and I'm paraphrasing now, I'm not reading directly, but he said that um, normally our mind is in one of two places, that our mind is either dwelling on the past or our mind has raced forward to the future. So normally it's very, very busy. Our mind is very, very busy. Either we, we're just, something has happened and we can't let it go and we keep dwelling on it. And, and and normally, normally, and this is true, when I read that, that's kind of why it stood out to me, normally it is the negative things that have happened in our lives. And we sit and we meditate, we, we regurgitate, we go over and over and over these things, over and over and over in our mind. Or we've we've speeded so far in the future that we're worried about what we're going to do next year sometime when we don't even know if we're going to be here next year sometime. But we're so caught up in our thought patterns, we're so worried about what's to come Mm -hmm. that we miss the here and now. And his point was, was that meditation brings us into the present. Meditation gives us the the opportunity to stop the race, the rat race that's going
going on in our mind and to think about today, think about the here and now. And the reason that resonated within me is because God told us that exact same thing. Give no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient is the evil for today. Give no thought for tomorrow. We're so busy worrying about what we're going to do next week. We're worrying about how am I going to pay this bill. The bill just came in the mail today. It's not due for another 15 days, but we have driven ourselves crazy about what happens in 15 days that we've lost sight of today. We've lost sight of today. And God is a God of the right now. Day by day, he guides us. Day by day, he carries us. Step by step, he makes our way. Step by step, day by day. So we need to slow ourselves down. We need to get into that place of meditation on him, get into that place of meditation on his word so that we can slow down and concentrate on right now. Because I promise you, if you stop and you think about right now, Right now, I have food to eat. Right now, I have a roof over my head. Right now, I have clothes. Right this moment, God is God. And guess what? When you carry it that way, going step by step, moment by moment, you're not so overwhelmed with what's to come. Remember, he said, think of whatsoever is good, whatsoever is righteous, whatsoever is of a good report. If you're thinking on the good, it can erase, it can do away with all that negativity. Think about it. Ten positive events, one negative, and you done dwelt on the negative. And I read that, and I'm like, you know, you know that's right. That is the honest-to-God truth. It really is. We gravitate to the negative. Why do you think that the newscasters sensationalize everything that's wrong? They'll give you a little bleep on something good that happened, but the whole newscast is centered around all the wrong things that have happened. Everything is centered on the negative. And we, as a society, begin to center on the negative as well because that's what's being pumped into us, just negativity, negativity, negativity. Amen. And when you you focus on, on just nothing but negativity, it literally destroys your physical body. I mean, now... For those of you that that can't just take the word of God as is as it is, <laughs> and you need science to back it up, which really trips me out. But okay, you need a scientist to tell you that God is real. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, open your eyes, walk outside, be real. Okay. <laughs> anyway, you know. Even even the scientists and doctors, when someone is sick or is told that they have a quote-unquote terminal illness, they tell you, think positive thoughts, laughter. Laughter is, is medicine. Think on happy things, and it's part of the healing process. You know, woman of God, you are so, I mean, you have touched on so many things. You really have. From the, the from the introduction to meditation to what it means just in the in the in the literal interpretation of what they've given it, and then from the biblical where you're going right now, you were speaking earlier, and I began to you know my mind began to flip. So I went. I mean, you know, flip is for the scriptures. <laughs> so I began to flip some scriptures and say that right. My mind began to flip. I began to flip some scriptures, and if I may, 
First Timothy, the fourth chapter. You know, I, I will say that. I'm sorry, say the scripture again. First Timothy, the fourth chapter. Amen. And 1 through 15, it, it really took me to what you just said, and I went, okay, now it's, 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 I need to come, I need to share this now because it, it really met. My thoughts were speaking of exactly what you were saying. In so many areas, God tells us. Why, what we need to think on, and like you had said, mm-hmm. and you gave us the why, you know the purpose of meditation and, and how it has us to sit still and pretty much download. I, I heard that mm-hmm. because she knows that word download, and it makes sense, you know, to seriously download to to in that sila, let that settle in. But and I began to think, all, what are all the areas that he tell us to meditate? The one you just quoted, you just quoted where he said, think on those things that are lovely, those things mm-hmm. that are just. And of a good report mm-hmm. that has virtue and praise. Even the merry heart does good like a medicine. And this scripture right here, God gets into so much. He starts talking. This is actually, this is the King James Version. And if I may read. Says, Absolutely. Okay. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with the hard iron, forbidding to marry, and command and commanding to abstain from meat, which God had created. Oops, wow, deep, never saw that one there. <laughs> had created to receive with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth, when know the truth. For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused it is if it be received with thanksgiving. Wow, I didn't plan on reading all that, but it's signified by the word of God in prayer. If thou put thy brother in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. But refuse profane and wise fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For boldness, you know, I, I guess I, did, I, I got into that because it was talking all these different, you know, areas. And then he went down to even 12. Let no man despise thy youth. He was talking to, you know, Timothy. But be thou an example of the believer in word and conversation and charity and spirit and in faith and in purity until I come give attendance to reading, mm-hmm. exhorting it to doctrine. And they neglect not the gift that is in thee. I'm sorry, I was uh, using my laptop, so I'm sorry about the clicking because I'm on Skype. <laughs> That's okay. Okay. And it says, till I, and, till I come give attendance to reading, to exhorting or exhortation, <clears throat> to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by the prophecy with the laying on of hands and prosperity. He said, meditate upon these things. <clears throat> Excuse me. Give thyself wholly to them, that mm-hmm. that thy property may appear unto all. That was really, it was really um, the scripture that you read prior to that in Psalms. You know how you do your notes and your study notes take you to another note. And these were connected because they both talked about prospering in a way. Here, he says you're going to profit. Right. And then there where you read where it says the prosperity, even though here he was talking to Timothy. But look what he's telling him to think about, what what to meditate on. He's giving him what to meditate on. And I like the way the subject I gave you. You know, he's telling him, yeah, the different areas where we need to focus our meditation, where we need to sit and think, you know. Amen. I just wanted to add that to what you were saying, especially with that last scripture. You know what? That's really good, and 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 because um, I had read that one earlier too. And one of the things, one of the things that stood out to me when I read it, when it says, "Meditate upon these things, give thyself wholly to them, Come on. that thy perfecting may appear to all." Your your 
here's the key. All this list of things that he told him, and seeing it was it was dealing with Timothy's Timothy's call. Yeah, you know, it was dealing with he had 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 hands laid upon him by the presbytery. He had been prophesied over, and his spiritual father was telling him, meditate on these things. How often have we been given a prophecy and we forget it? You know, I, I'm I am big on if if there's a prophecy that is being spoke to me and normally and I don't I don't get a lot of them spoken over me and I know the reason for that because it's like God whatever you want me to know you tell me because then that way I don't have to worry about the people out there prophet lying. But <laughs> nevertheless, when when a prophecy comes forth and it resonates in your spirit, okay, one of the things that we need to keep in mind because normally. It should just bear witness. It was confirmed when God spoke it to your spirit. But when someone comes along and bears witness to what you've already heard from God, see, that's that's where I have to dwell, okay? Don't come mm-hmm. and tell me something, you know, that's just going just to puff me up or tell me about all these millions I'm going to have and stuff just to get me to do a dance. That don't mean nothing. <laughs> But if you come and you bear witness with what God has already said, because God don't need nobody to confirm his word because his word stands sure. But you can come and bear witness that, oh, okay, you know, and, and that helps that helps you to even hold on the stronger and the more diligently to what has been spoken over you because someone came and bared witness. I love to get a copy of that or to sit. If I don't, if I can't get a CD of it or whatever, when I get home, I need to get into a quiet place and write it out I need, because you're supposed to reflect back over it. You know, that's why it's important, even in your dreams, it's important to have a notebook by your bed so that when you wake up and a dream is fresh and you know the difference in just you dreaming and dreaming and when it's a profound dream because God raises up a um, a check in your spirit and you need to write it down because you need to be able to even meditate on that. Meditate on the word that has been spoken over you. Meditate on the word that has been given to you that as just as Paul um Paul told Timothy that you may give yourself to it, which is takes us right back into meditating on the word of God because that's the greatest prophecy that has been spoken over your life is his word. The prophecy that he has spoken to over you through his word, that you belong to him. You are his son, you are his daughter, you are his chosen one. He's called you for such a time as this. You've been fearfully and wonderfully made to will and to do of his good pleasure. And when you start to meditate over on that and focus in on that, then life is not as overwhelming as it usually is. Because then you recognize and understand, okay, I'm a citizen in the kingdom of God. Not only am I a citizen in the kingdom of God, but I'm his child. And guess what? The king is responsible for his subjects, so God has to take care of me because I am one of his subjects, and even deeper, he's going to take even better care of me because I'm his child. When you start to do that, you get to that place. Okay, yesterday. Yesterday I 
something, um, I got a message about something that I was waiting to ha- for it to happen and was told that it was going to be prolonged. It wasn't going to happen as soon as, as I had thought it to, was going to happen and as soon as, as I had wanted it to happen. And it frustrated me for a moment. But when I got off the phone, the first thing that came to mind, see, this is what happens when you meditate on his word, when it's deep down within you. The first thing came to, came to mind was, you know what, God? You're the same God that you were before this phone call happened. You're still that same God now. You're still Amen. the same God. You're still yeah. on the throne. You're still in control, and I'm still yours. So what am I fretting over? Because my mind, as as we just talked about, had raced forward to plans that I was making in the future, and it's like, oh, I may not be able to do it that way now. But then, you know, when you back up and you're like, oh, wait, God, you're still God. Why am I tripping off what may happen a month or two from now when I'm, I'm yours? Every day of my life, I'm yours. Every day of my life. You make provision for me. I'm not getting caught up in relying on situations and circumstances to make my life better. I'm relying on you. And that's where that meditation comes from. Because when you sit and you think about the goodness of God and all he's done for you, when you have a testimony, when you walk it out, Something was in my spirit earlier today, and it was like until somebody had a post up, but I don't remember the post. I might have been, actually, it was Pastor D this morning when he was teaching, and he was talking. He was talking about um, having your own testimony. I'm just paraphrasing it, or what have you. And what dropped in my spirit, and I actually put it in the chat room, what dropped in my spirit was until you walk through it for yourself, until you have your own testimony, then whatever you're dealing with is hearsay. But once you walked it for yourself, then it's a personal experience. It's no longer hearsay. It's what you know. You know, you know when you're in a court of law and they're trying to interject testimony in there of what somebody else said, and it's it's not allowed because it's hearsay, it's objected. Okay, but Amen. when it's you, when it's your testimony, you can say what you need to say because it's no longer hearsay. Now it's what you know. And that's what happens when you take the time to meditate on the word of God and allow it to resonate within you, and then you go forth in it because it's become a part of you. You've written it on the table of your heart, okay, that you may not sin against God, but there's many different reasons why you're putting it on the table of your heart. Yes, number one, I don't want to sin against God, so yes, I want to write your law on the tables of my heart. But even deeper than that, because it's part of our relationship. It's those it's your love letters to me. It's those intimate times with you when you've told me these things in those quiet times when you shared with me, when you've let me know you've been there for me all along. 
when you've let me know that when I was at my wit's end, at the end of my rope, thinking I could not do it another day, but you were there. When I had to walk out the footprints poor, seeing one set of tracks in the sand, knowing that those weren't my feet, because I didn't have the strength to pick up one leg and put it before the other. But you were there. You carried me. See, once you've had those type of experiences with God, it's no longer hearsay. It's what you know that you know that you know to be true. Hallelujah. So then you meditate on those things. Then you think of whatsoever is good, whatsoever is right, whatsoever is of a good report. You think on the righteousness of God. You think on the goodness of God. You sit and you meditate. You let it marinate within you. And then you can come out and be like, oh, it's all good. (laughs) Whatever's going on, it's all good. It's all good. Psalm 71 and 24 says, My tongue also shall talk of thy righteousness all the day long, for they are confounded, for they are brought into shame that seek my hurt. Well, why can't my tongue talk about your righteousness all the day long? Why? Because I have meditated on your righteousness. I have meditated on you being my protector. I have meditated on you keeping me from my enemies. I've meditated on your goodness. You know, when you go back and you think about the righteousness of God, and you go back to Isaiah 54, you know, and... and, You think about no weapon formed against me shall prosper, but every tongue and every tongue, every tongue that has risen in judgment is condemned. Why? Why is that so? Because my righteousness is of you. It's not about me. See, that's why it's so important not to get so caught up in these self-help meditations, these declarations of how wonderful you are, you. You're building up you. No, I don't need to build up me. I need to build up the spirit of the living God within me because therein lies my strength. The word says that he is kept in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. He's strengthened because his mind is stayed on God. So if you're walking through some dark times, your mind needs to be stayed on God, not on the problem, not on the issue, not on yourself, not on yourself. We've got to get get back to where God has called us to. We've got to get to that place. Of Psalms 19 and 14, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Why is he your strength? Because you've meditated on him, and that meditation is in your heart. It's not just lip service. What are you living? What are you living Because let me tell you, what your mind is stayed on will come out in the life that you live. It will come out in the life that you live. 
So we need to get God help, not self-help. You know, even with self-mastery, how do you master yourself? (laughs) By surrendering it to God? (laughs) By giving yourself to God and giving his spirit control over you? That's how. Because, listen, if we could do it all for ourselves, then we wouldn't have needed a redeemer. And if anybody's life is out there like my life was, I made a good mess out of it before I surrendered. So if I could have done it right without Christ, without God, then my life wouldn't have been a mess. I would have been cool. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't. Even today, I can't. I can't do it without him. I can't walk this walk without him. I can't live the life that he's calling me to without him. He is the creator. We are the creature. Amen. It's in him that we live and move and have our being. So it's in him that we need to meditate on. Go ahead, my sister. You know, only thing, amen, bless the Lord. When As you were speaking again, what came in my heart was, you you were saying um um give you know give it to him and I said to myself do they it's kind of sad but you know do we have does it need to be broken down uh, okay I'm meditating on God okay I'm giving this situation to God but do they understand what thinking and say do they do we and and then what came to my heart was um, having your mind transformed that scripture that you know that says um, to transform, you know, with new creations. Like renewing of your mind, right, yeah. yeah. Yes, that's what came to my heart. It was like some of some of us, I'm going to just use the word us, I'm not going to try to, you know, but when you've grown and been through certain things, so you can't say us because you don't feel, you know you're not there anymore. But yet yeah, at, at one time, once was, where, you know, it takes a transforming. So I'm going to say it from a newborn standpoint, when you've just come to Christ, and you want to know what? Well, then how? What must I do to surrender? All what must I do to, to 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 become what you guys are saying? Then he says, as newborn babes desire the milk of the word. That means as a as a baby right. needs to eat, you need the word. You know, right. and and the way you dissect, the way you get that word, even as a newborn baby drinks those little tiny ounces, they don't go a whole lot. So you take a little time, you know, break it down a little bit at a time. And think on just that little bit and pray and believe by right. faith that the Holy Spirit is going to give you understanding. So you right. don't have to do so much. Just think on a scripture at a time, a verse at a time, then a chapter at a time. And then you'll grow into how he'll break down on how you do that. But as you think on what he gave you, that's the process that woman of God is sharing with us tonight about meditating. Because now you're thinking on that scripture that you've, you've gotten. So you're you're eating. You're, you're drinking, mm-hmm. and then your mind is now being transformed from what you would do, quote unquote, all this mm-hmm. self stuff, to what mm-hmm. God would do. Amen. 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 That, Amen. That, that's that good. In my mind, when you were saying that, you know, it's like, okay, do they understand the process? How would we break down the process of of getting to this point? You know what I'm saying? Is that that old mind has to be transformed and has to be renewed with the mind of Christ? It has to be renewed. With the way God thinks, so you yeah. decrease and He increases. 
and, and the more he increases and the more you think on him and the more your mind is transformed, then like the woman of God saying, these things come out, I want to say almost without thought because it's now so much you, you know. But um, mm-hmm. but it's, we, we never get comfortable from meditating. No, we no matter how old we are in the faith, we continue to meditate because God continues to download and give us more more to think about. He, he as we ponder and think on Him and, and as we sit still in His presence, is just you just can't touch. You, can you go out there and grab that thought? No, but you can keep reaching. Well, you want to Amen. keep reaching for Him, but you're not reaching for something that you can't attain. But well, he just has right. so much to offer that I'm just trying to say from the perspective that you can't get it all. You really can't because he's everything. He's all-knowing. Amen. You know, Amen. So, so we really do have a portion, but your portion is still so big. You, mm. you, just, you just can't get enough of it. There, so, so the hunger needs to remain uh, to wanting more, to hunger and thirst for more of him. Amen. So woman, that just came to me about the meditating and transforming that mind. Because if you know what that's you good trained that way, you know what I'm saying? Amen. Mhm. Amen. No, no, no. That's very, very good. I can't tell you how often people will say, you know, you tell them you just you have to let go and let God and they're like, What does that mean? How do I let go? You know? Um yeah. and, and that's a key that's that's key in our walk with him of being able to release these things that we hold on to, being able to release the hurt, being able to release the bitterness, being able to release the shame, being able to release the anxiety, you know. And and like you said, little by little, it's the renewing of your mind through the word of God, little by little, but it takes you meditating on the word to release it. You know, and you have to literally fall in love with the word. Psalms one nineteen and ninety seven says, "Oh how how love I thy law! It is my meditation all the day." Mm, that's good. Okay, you have you to fall again. in love with his word. <laughs> it says, "Oh how love I thy law! It is my meditation all the day." All the day. So you have to come. You have to come into that place of loving the word of God. Let me tell you, you will never, ever be successful in reaching the pinnacle of where God wants to take you if all you're doing is going to church on Sunday and just hearing the word that the man or woman of God is preaching and never opening your Bible for yourself. You'll never get there. You'll never get there. I'm telling you. Why? Because it this has to become entrenched in you. You have to know you have to know that whatever that man or that woman is speaking is biblical. It's God. And mm-hmm. I done heard some things, let me tell you. <laughs> and I'll be like, Are are you serious? You know? And, and I'm looking around, and everybody's like, yeah, amen, amen, yeah. And I'm going, really? <laughs> but what is a clear indication is that they haven't read their word. So if you're being given false information and you're meditating on the false information and you're wondering why there is no peace, 
Therein lies your answer. <laughs> so you have to you have to get into his word. Listen, people, certain people just really love King James Version. I love to study the King James Version because it was what I cut my teeth on. It was the first version I ever learned. Come but on. I also... I adore the Message Bible. I adore, I used to. I'm telling you, girl, I done gave away so many Message Bibles, it ain't even funny. I used to buy them like five or six at a time just to give them away. I'm so serious. And I love the Message Bible because it's like in your face to the point. It is. You know, eat it, chew it, marinate on it, but here it is, Okay. I love the New Living Translation. I love the American Standard Translation. There are many translations out there. If you don't understand the King James Version, some of the these and the thous and all of this stuff, and it's like it gets confusing. I understand that can happen, okay? I've been in this word for over 20 years, so it makes sense to me. But even there are times when I'll read it because I have uh, my parallel Bible is, the King James Version, and the Amplified Version. So there are times I'll read the King James Version, go across the page and read the Amplified just to get an even clearer understanding. So, yes, you know, in, yes. in, in meditating on his word, get a, get, a, get a translation, get a few translations. You can't have too many Bibles, for real. But get a few translations so you can cross-reference them so you can fully understand. And like you said, Pastor Dorothy, get a, get a little piece. Take a little piece. Take take maybe, I would say take a chapter, but some of you need to take a verse and meditate mm-hmm. on it mm-hmm. as you build yourself up. And then you take more. I, I urge you, though, to read, read the whole chapter because you want to get the full context of what is being said. And then whatever verse within that chapter leaps mm-hmm. into your spirit and resonates, then you meditate on that. But you want to get the proper understanding of what's being said. Amen. Vitally important because we got people all through the Bible that's just been pulled out scripture and gave it to you and you meditating on it but it's completely out of context of how it was written amen so you need to read the whole matter okay get a full understanding but then that one scripture that'll leap off the page out of that full understanding that's what you meditate on that's what's speaking to you you know, how often, like you were just reading in Timothy and you were like, oh, didn't see that. Oh, didn't see that. You know what I'm saying? Yes. How often do you go to the Word, you can read a scripture that you've read 20,000 times, <laughs> and all of a sudden something in the midst of that scripture just jumps out and says, boom, there it is. And you be like, oh, my God, I never saw that. <laughs> you know? Because that's really? the beauty yes. of the Word of God. That's the beauty of the Word of God. That's why you never tire of reading it. That's why you can go back over and over and over it. You know, I I went through, I don't even know how long a period. It was probably a couple of years. That's how it felt. But all I kept hearing in my spirit over and over again was Romans 8, 28. And it was like, you know, how you get the word and you sit down and it's like, okay, Lord, what are we going to study today, Romans eight twenty eight. I'll be like, okay, really? <laughs> and it was just over and over. 
Romans 8.28. And what is with, with Romans 8.28? And I seriously, and I went over it, and I went over it, and I went over it. And it was like, okay, all right, I got it. I know, all right. Let me tell you, year before last, and this was um, this went on for a few years, several years ago, and then he brought it back to me a year and a half, two years ago. And when I read it this time, it was totally different. Wow. And I mean, and it's such a familiar scripture. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. And it's like, okay, got it. All things work together for good. Got it, got it, got it. But about a year and a half ago, he broke that puppy down. And mm. he said, what does it say? And I'm like, all things work. And, and here's well, how we do. We get so comfortable with the scripture that, you know, we just rattle it off, but we don't take it in. And it was like, all things work together for good. Again, the love of the Lord. They'll call according to his purpose. He said, now how many times... Has that been quoted, and everybody is quoting it, but everybody does not love me. Everybody is saying that all things are working together for their good, but they don't love me. Their hearts are far from me. Those that are called according to my purpose. If you love me, you keep my commandments. Come on if you now, keep my please. commandments, then I can use you in the purpose for which I created you. So everybody's running around talking about all things work together for the good. He said it don't work together for the good for everybody. You've got to be called according to my purpose. Many are called, few are chosen. This is isolating and separating those that are chosen. Why are they chosen? Because they love me. And how do they prove that they love me? Because they keep my commandment. How can you keep his commandment if you don't know his words? You don't know the commandment. I was like, D. <laughs> That's good. Okay. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because the next verse says, for, him, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among, among many brethren. We are called to walk in the same statutes that Christ walked in. He was the firstborn. We're the next. Amen. But if but we're not meditating on his word, if we're yeah. not taking it into his heart, if we're not proving that we love him because we're walking in obedience to him, then we've missed. We've but, missed you know, it. right in 26, a little above that, just like you were saying, that whole chapter, because he said, likewise, the spirit also helpeth our firmness. For we know not what we should pray as we ought, but the spirit makes it in itself makes the intercession. We grown as cannot be. Then 27, and he that searcheth the heart. Knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit, because he makes right. an intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And then he says, and we know, and even in conjunction yeah. with that, he that searches yeah. the heart. Wow. I was like, wow, that's good. That yeah. is so good. That is so good. Amen. He that searches the heart. He knows what's in the mind of God, and we know that all things work together. And you're so right. I mean, for them that love God, the people don't want to know the condition. Oh, exactly, and that's the truth. Now, that's the oh, truth God. right there. They don't, because once you know, then you're held accountable. Yeah, yeah. 
then you're held accountable. You're not held accountable if you don't know. How am I going to hold you accountable for something that I haven't told you? <laughs> but if I don't told you, repeatedly, because <laughs> the word repeats itself <laughs> over and over, to make sure you get it in your spirit. Okay? Wow. Now, I've told you these things, you know, that my joy may remain in you. Mm. I've shared this with you. I've told you these things that my joy may remain in you. You know? Now, here's what happens. Now, my eyes just fell on this. Thank you, Lord. Here's what happens when we meditate on self rather than on God. (laughs) Romans 10 and 3 says, For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own, own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. That's what happens when we're meditating on self. Wow, that's good. That's good. We've established our own righteousness because we have not submitted ourselves to the righteousness of God. And, and, you know, I would say to those who may hear this and say, so she's not telling us to think positive. That's not what she's not. She's not saying that you're not to think positive or, but you think, but you are not your healer. You are not your, you're not your source. You're not your redeemer. You can do nothing without the Lord. And, and so your help, help yourself in him. All things that you do in Christ, do it in him. Make your declarations and your affirmations be about who he says you is. He says you're the Absolutely. head and not the tail. You're the above only and not beneath. He That's says right. that, he's, you know, he, he, he calls you He calls you wealth and riches are in your house. You know, right. your promises. He says you are the healed. He, you know, he, he, he gave you the covenant right, the promises that are yes and amen. So everything that, you know, just... The world is using the word, but they're taking out him and putting I. And there you, you go. go. We have, yeah, that's and, that's the, that, and that's Lucifer right there. I want to be like the most high. I, you got to watch that I, you know, that I want to be that's like the exactly most high. It. I want to do, you know, and so, so no, the woman of God is not saying you cannot be strengthened in who you are in character. She's saying in perspective, your character be strengthened in Christ. Your character be strengthened in Christ and not yourself. Pastor Dorothy, think about this. What, name me one thing that's more positive than God. (laughs) Seriously, I I, 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 I challenge you. Name (laughs) me one thing that's more positive than God. Come on. Mm -hmm. And we were created in his image and in his likeness. So it doesn't get any more positive than that. If you just meditate on his word and what his word says about you, it gets no more positive than that. And that scripture you read about Romans 10 and 3, and I believe this is King James, for they being ignorant, that's right there, of God's righteousness. Being ignorant of God's righteousness. There you go. Being ignorant of God's righteousness. So they're going about establishing their own righteousness because they're ignorant about God's righteousness. And how do you become unlearned? Basically, that's what ignorant means. And I, I would have to search this scripture to see. Um, I haven't done that yet as far as the word ignorant in the Hebrew or Greek or whatever that word ignorant. But ignorant basically means unlearned. So you're not learned about God's righteousness because you're all caught up in learning about yourself. There you go. There you go. 
See, you want to learn about you apart from God. Therein lies the problem. There you go. Yeah. Therein lies the problem. I, I am a very, very big advocate of self-esteem, that your esteem needs to be that of the the royalty that you've been created to be. However, your esteem is built in who God made you to be, not who you think you are but who God made you to be. So when you get it in your spirit and you you meditate on what God says about you, then that's the proper meditation, not about what man says, not about the power that man is trying to give you or tells you that you have. Because remember, that's what Satan tried to do to Jesus. And the sad part about that is, you know, God says I reign on the just as well as the unjust. So you might be applying some of these quote-unquote self-help tips and seeing they work, but what you don't know is the enemy's tricked you that you're finding scriptures. So certain certain laws will work. The law of attraction will work in certain areas. The law of you know, gravity, go out there and jump, you're going to fall. You know, it's going to work. So certain things in those laws may appear to be working in your favor, but the destruction is the devil is allowing that to look good and that he's blessing you, and you have no relationship with God, and, and, and then he's going to lay the hammer down. And then the last end is you've done all that, and will you make it to heaven? Will you, are you, yes. Do you know him? And you don't want him to yes. see I never knew you. You workers of religion. Exactly. Why do you want to do all exactly. that without him and allow the and allow the false blessings of the enemy, the wealth of the wicked, why you allow that to to transpire and not realize that it's about having a relationship with God. This intimacy and this meditation is all building you and knowing who he is and fellowship yes. with him. Yes. You know, it's it's not a tool to gain riches. It's not a tool to gain you know, so you're seeking his hand and not his face and not his heart. And that's an insult, Amen. personally. I think of somebody, you know, you only want to be around me so you can see what you can get. You know, those people don't make very good friends. They don't last very long. You know, those, that relationship is very short. Learn once you realize that they're nothing but leeches and they have to what they can get. And trust me, you think you're going to do that to daddy, my daddy God, and you think you're going to do that to the almighty who's all-knowing. He's allowing you to get your grace so you can wake up and see yourself. You know, because eventually that trap that you think is working is not going to work. You know, right. and the and the ultimate failure is that will you be with him? Will you have? Will you be? Yeah, no. So that just came across my heart. I'm like Paul. I don't want to win others and myself be lost. I don't want to do all Amen. this other stuff and then I've lost it. You know, you you you're all caught up in whatever. You know, even some of the teachers of these, um, and some of them that have stepped out of ministry into the coaching so that they get, I'm not against coaching, you know, but that they stepped into coaching and then while they're in coaching, since they want to kind of win both the church and the world, now they want to kind of take out God, take out hope, mm-hmm. take out, mm-hmm. you know, take out him and try to replace that with, okay, I'm going to use God's strategy, but, you know, put it, you know, he, what they say, he that when his soul is wise, so I'm going to put it in this way so I can, but you're not winning them to God. You're not winning them to Christ. Then you exactly. have to go to the root of the heart. What is the heart? You're winning them to your business so that you can get more customers, so that they can. There you go. They're feeling good because you don't gave them pieces of the word, and you don't, you know. Mm-hmm. And then your gift along with it, because you're gifted. Mm-hmm. You said gifts and callings come without repentance. So you have a right. gift that you can speak, and you can articulate, and you can motivate, and you can exhort. Mm-hmm. But what are you exhorting? You're exhorting flesh. You're not exhorting that spirit. Yeah. 
And then you that's got those, it. what they call it, itchy ears, you know, one that stuff that tickle their fancy. So they're all running mm-hmm. and flocking to what's going to tickle their ears rather than mm-hmm. the truth. Amen. You're hating Amen. because you're exposing it. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That's <laughs> real. That's came. real. That's real. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. Because people have to understand, and, and as in anything, you know what, there's good and there's bad. You know, you have life coaches out there that stand on the word of God that will guide you, you know, according to the edicts of God and not sugar-coated, not, not hide behind a mask. There's a straight out for it. You can do nothing apart from God. You know, they're straight with it. But then, like you said, there's these others, you know, I just want you to come pay me, and if you, you know, don't really believe in God, well, we don't have to discuss that part of it. <laughs> you know, just come and pay me. But mm-hmm. the problem is, it, it's go back to Nebuchadnezzar. Go back to how God blessed Nebuchadnezzar, okay? He blessed him. He had everything. But when he stood on that balcony and said, look what my hands have done, that's when he winded up out there in that field eating grass with the animals, okay, and had claws for hands on all four, okay? So I believe he was out there for seven years, I believe. I haven't read the story in a while. But it was because he got caught up in pride, in vain glory, and that's what, that's, that's what our warning is to you on today. Don't get caught up in self. You get so busy trying to help self that you're building yourself up so that you've left the spirit of the living God out of it. So it's all about what you can do, what you can accomplish, who you are. And newsflash, you are nothing apart from the hand of God on your life. Seriously. Because just as you climb up that ladder, you're going to come falling back down. It's going to happen. But when God is your safety net, when God builds you up, can't nobody pluck you out. He said that he put you in the palm of his hands and can't nothing pluck you out of it. So that's what you have to be careful in. You know, yes, you're supposed to be positive about who you are, but where does that positivity come from? It comes from knowing that you were fearfully and wonderfully made, created in the image and likeness of God, being built to be a glory bearer, not of your glory, but of his. That's where that positivity comes from. And if you get caught up in your own righteousness and in your own self, let me let me share something with you. Ezekiel 33 and 13 says, when I say to the righteous, those, you know, the, to the righteous, we're talking about you guys who started off on the right path. You, you were walking in righteousness. When I say to the righteous that he shall surely live, if he trusts to his own righteousness, and commit iniquity, all his righteousness shall not be remembered. But for his iniquity that he has committed, he shall die for it. See, God don't play. God don't play. God whose name is jealous is a jealous God. Well, girl, let me tell you, I have to share this. I was talking to a sister, this was years ago, but I was talking to a sister who had, you know, God found this man sleeping in his car, <laughs> made him her God, basically, brought him in, cleaned him up, you know, and married him. And as things would go, and all of a sudden he now he's a pastor, and 
they done moved to another state and oh, all is well, she thinks, so he done got into the church. Now it's like, oh, all eyes are on me, so I don't need you anymore. But in the interim, she had made him her God. She had taken her eyes off of God, and in her building this man, he had become her God. Yes, wow, that is he, When he got to the pinnacle of where he wanted to be, he kicked her to the curb. Wow. Kick her straight to the curb. So she winds up back in Vegas, and I'm sitting having this conversation with her, and I shared with her what God dropped in my spirit. The problem was you made him your God, and God whose name is Jealous is a jealous God. He will not have anything or anybody put before him. Amen. Amen. She told me I was out of my mind. (laughs) So I took her to Numbers, showed her the scripture. Girlfriend told me something was wrong with my Bible. <laughs> so I took her Bible and opened up her Bible and showed her the scripture. She was so caught up. She was so caught up in what was going on that she denied what was in black and white right before her. And that's what happens when we get caught up in ourselves or when we get caught up in our pride or when we get caught up in other things other than God. You know, God blesses us. He blesses us with wondrous things. He gives us people to enhance our walk and our lives. He gives us just, he just blesses. He showers us with blessing. But in all that he gives us, he does not give it to us to replace our relationship with him. I don't care how much you love your spouse. That spouse is not a replacement for God. He or she is someone that God has blessed your life with if God has placed that person in your life and you didn't just go get something to be getting it. had to throw that out there. But now, if God put that person in your life, it is to enhance your life, but it is never, ever to replace him, ever. So you have to always keep him first. It must be. You must meditate on him day and night. You must be in his word. You must be in his presence. He will orchestrate your time. He will orchestrate your day. He gives you a family for a reason. He will orchestrate your time with your family, but he will make sure if you yield to him that that time is not so overwhelming that you do not have time for him. Because let me tell you, you can't make it without him. Amen. Amen. Not in be who he's called you to be. You cannot do it without him. And he will never give you something to do without him. Why do you think the visions that God gives us are so grandiose? They're so, I mean, the magnitude of them is like, oh, my God, are you And that's why most of us don't even attempt to fulfill the vision that's placed before us. That's another teaching, dealing with the visions that God gives you. That's good. Seriously. You know, they will, he will never, ever, this is how you know it's you opposed to it's God. God will never give you something that you can accomplish on your own. (laughs) That's just the truth. He is not going to give you something that you can accomplish on your own without him. 
because God wants to be in the details. He wants to be in every area of your life. So the visions that God gives you are magnificent. It's like a phenomenal Michelangelo painting, okay? It's just magnificent. Think that just even thinking about it, you can get lost in the thought of it all. Why? Because you need him to fulfill the vision. Because remember, you're just a steward. <laughs> you know, you're, he's just, you're just the one that he's using to bring the manifestation of this thing to pass. Ooh, thank you, Holy Spirit. That's where we get off. That is where we get off kilter, we get off balance, because we think that the visions we have are for us. That's good. That, wow. Awesome. And that's how we get off balance, because it's not for you. It's for all the people that he's going to use you to service through the vision. Amen. That's why. So that's why he's not going to give you something you can accomplish by yourself. Because you've got to lean on him. You've got to yield to him. And if you think about this, ooh, gosh, Holy Spirit, think about this, Pastor Dorothy. Think about all the quote-unquote prominent men and women of God that have gone up to a pinnacle only to fall. Hmm. And then you wonder how and why. Because you know they had a good word, an anointed word. The word of God is anointed. They mm-hmm. rightly divided the word of truth. What happened? I believe, and this is what was just dropped in my spirit, that they started off depending on God. But as it got to a place where the vision had manifested, they did what Nebuchadnezzar did. They took their eyes off of God and wow. looked around and said, ooh, look at what I did. <laughs> And as soon as they did that, as soon as they did that, as soon as they felt that they could manage the vision without God, they failed. They failed. Because you can never take him out of the equation. Amen. You can Amen. never take them. I I don't care if if you inherit five hundred million dollars tomorrow. And thank you, God, I receive it. But I don't care <laughs> if that happens. You even need Him to manage it because if He gave it to you, there's purpose and reason and destiny tied up in it. So you need Him. Never get to that place where you think you don't need Him yeah. any longer. We miss that. When you're struggling, oh, you can't do without him because he's fulfilling your every need. Don't ever think you'll ever, ever, ever get to a pinnacle in life that you do not need him because then you will fall. I guarantee it. You will fall. And you will fail. That's right. That's right. That's right. Wow, and that's almost what we were saying even earlier because it takes you that that spirit of deception will give you that peak and make you think you're on the right path, and you know, or or just pride get in the way that you, you know, it's very careful. You know, the Lord says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can yes. know? You know, and so that's why He teaches us to examine ourselves, and all that is is actually. 
still intimacy with God. It's meditating on the word. You, what do you use to be your mirror to, to see yourself by? And honestly, yeah. God, the more you get in his presence, the more, I don't care if, you, if you've never done a, a thing, you will feel like you've done everything. Not as a, not a guilt feeling. We're just nothing without him. We're not, we need him so much. You know what I'm trying yeah. to say? You know, it yeah. makes you just say, Lord, is there anything that just, I just want to be so holy, righteous before you. Now, we know the blood takes care of that and, and, and we're cleansed, but it just draws you to, to just, just to want to do it right, to, to, to be right. You know, and even even the fear of God, it's a reverence. And I think that, I know that's what has practically disappeared even in the church. You know, of the fear of God. It's the moment they started taking out discipline in the natural, and all truth is parallel. You don't want to discipline the children, go sit in the corner. The rod no longer want to be applied because, uh-huh. of course, there's different methods of discipline. We know you don't have to just, you know, you know use your hand or, or belt all the time. You can take tools away. You can, but still, they don't want to the discipline. They don't want to admit discipline. So guess what? Now in the church, they don't want to discipline. They don't want to admit discipline. So the fear and the, that respect is gone. So how can yeah. they respect and love to something that they don't that have a relation with something they can't even respect? Wow. Now that's serious. You don't. You that's don't even serious. have a. When you have a respect for them, so you can't love them because you don't. First of all, know him, and then you don't have a respect for him, or you know of him, but you don't even respect him. You got some right. people that know the law or of the law, but they don't respect the law. You can tell because they wouldn't be doing some of the things that they do. There's no respect for the Amen. law. Amen. You know, so there's no respect. Amen. And even with parenting, if God has this much grace to tell a child, excuse me, I don't know what my voice is going, but if God has so much to say to a parent, I'm going to say, say to me, <laughs> train up a child in the way they go, where they yeah. go. Yes. Yeah. Because, you know, train up that child. And if he has enough to say, if you don't, you know, and he tell that child now in return, honor your parents, that your mm-hmm. days may be long. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. Tells, he tells you, now, the child, you honor your parents, that your days may be long. Mm-hmm. So my child won't honor me and respect me. Sometimes, you know, the children who, he said a, a, a child left alone, leave his mother, brings his mother to shame. Yeah. So I'm trying to tie it all together. If there's no discipline in relationship, there's no, you know, then that, that love, you know what I'm saying, that love, that honor and respect is developed through discipline. That child left by itself is not getting any discipline, so there's no respect, no honor. Guess what? You you brought the family to shame. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And, and that's, the, that's the, the commandment with promise. And I just think of that because God God is our father. So he chastened whom he loves. You know, uh-huh. he he'll, he's going to uh-huh. discipline you. So you're gonna, uh-huh. you, and you, so you got to respect him. That respect in the church, we got to return. I'm gonna, you know, give give you the well. I'll, I'll do that off air. The information regarding the church, but <laughs> the church where Pastor Dorothy pastors will respect the house. I'm talking about the building. Amen. <laughs> I'm gonna say, I want you to respect the building, okay? Since you can't see my God, let me tell you that this place right here, when you walk in the door here, you ain't going to run up in here. You're going to respect the atmosphere here. Amen. 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 You're not going to run up Amen. on this pulpit and run around. No, 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 no. Right. You know, there's a, so to me, those things taught me as a child. It taught me how to, okay, we got, we're coming into church. We can pray and shout now in the Pentecostal church. 
But then there was a there was a reverence of the pulpit. There was an awe that you came in and you bowed your head and you prayed at the altar. Sometimes I didn't know what we said because I can't got older in age. <laughs> Everybody just going to okay. <laughs> and they're bowing their head. What are they bowing for? You know what I'm saying? It's just the reverence and respect for God. Has exactly. To, as that reverence and respect returns, the teaching, you know, comes up. And then all that you're training is, and the people that are listening via um, archives even, is that it's, all that training comes from relationship. It comes from knowing God. And, amen. You know, amen. It really does. It comes from knowing him. So, honestly, it's even hard to think on something you don't know because you don't know what to think. So that's, that's, that takes us almost 365-degree turn. We're back where you Absolutely. started. Absolutely. You know, really, we're back exactly where we started. You know, yeah. to get through all that starts right here. What do you think? What are you meditating on? Exactly, exactly. You know, you have to, um, you have to be taught. You have to be taught. But the beauty is, is that the Holy Spirit is our teacher. You know, Amen. so even though, even though you're in a church home in a church setting, you know, you're not there twenty four seven. But if you have that relationship with God, going back into that intimate time with him, no matter where you are, the Holy Spirit can teach you. No matter what it is you're studying, I I can't begin to tell you how often, especially when I first was getting into the word of God and and I had questions. and, And this was really before I started, like, really going to church, church, you know. There was that tugging within me. And I started just trying to read. I remember calling the 700 Club once and, you know, doing the sentence prayer with them, and they sent me the book. Mm-hmm. That was the first one, the book. And, and it was, it was you know, the word of God in, in uh, plain English or whatever. But I would read it, and I would have questions, and I wasn't in a church. And I would just, you know, just talk to God. And it was like, well, I don't really understand this. How how does this work? You know what I'm saying kind of thing. And I promise you, a couple of days later, either on the TV or radio or run into somebody and they would break down without me asking. You know, they, it would, they would just touch on that subject and then just enlighten me. And so I'm saying this to say that, if you get into his word, if you begin to meditate on him, and let me let me say this because this is in my heart to say, there may be some that are listening or that may call in and listen to the archives, and you may have trouble reading. It could be many different re- reasons for that. You might have problems with your eyesight, or you may not be able to read, okay? But if you take quiet time and just talk to God and meditate on who he is in your life, who he's proven himself to be. Let me tell you, he will still allow the word to come alive within you. He will still honor that meditation. You know, because there's some people that can't read the word. You know, I know my spiritual mother, before she passed, her eyes had gotten dim. And she couldn't read the word, but let me tell you, that woman was a walking epistle, okay? <laughs> yeah. We would go over there, she would say, as soon as you got there and sat down, it was like, you're going to break out the Bible, you already know. <laughs> and she would tell you where to go. 
she was like, I want you to read such and such because she'd want you to read it out loud till she devoured the word. She loved it. So she would tell us where to go and what she wanted us to read. And while we were trying to find it in the book, in the Bible, she was quoting it before you even got to it. Come because on God had so entrenched that within her. Well, how did she get like that? God already knew that before the end of her days here on this earth, her eyes would be dim. So he put such a love for his word in her that it was in her, okay? Mm-hmm. It was just in her. Yeah, I, sounds, I, she sounds like someone that loved the word anyway, and as she reads it, see, the Holy Spirit says, I'll bring all that back to your remembrance. So once you deposit it, he'll bring it back. Absolutely. He'll, he'll, he'll bring it back, and I could just see her being – you know, at a time when the eyes were great to go in before the word and just spend so much time with God. You know, so when the eyes were Pastor says, Pastor says as a little boy, he would, all he saw was his mom always sitting in the middle of the bed with books all around her. <laughs> she was oh, boy, in that kind of scary. Two things. <laughs> he, had two, he had two very vivid things that stood out for him growing up, and that was mother always in the room, you know, in the room with books, just books all over the place, and she was in the Word studying and cross-referencing. That's what she was doing. And then he said, and then she had a prayer room, so people would come over for prayer. So prayer was always going for it. And then in the mornings, he said he can't tell you how many mornings on his way to school, he would literally have to step over his mother because she'd be stretched out in the floor in the seating and praying. Mm-hmm. Now, see, that's yeah. why he's the man of God he is today. Come on now, exactly. Because of what was built up in him, what he saw, what he encountered growing up. Unfortunately, we're trying to hide God in our homes. Come on. We're not training up our children. We're not having devotionals. We're not we're not imparting the word of God into them anymore. You're so right. Come on. We've lost the discipline of our children all the way around. We're not disciplining them in the natural. We're also not disciplining them in the spiritual. And the sad part about it is then then what then what happens? Then we have a generation that doesn't have reverence for the things mm-hmm. of God, reverence for mm-hmm. God, then hence they don't get to know God. And and then uh, uh, and, and we have a, a system in the government that wants to separate God, talking about church and state. No, they just want God out, period. They mm-hmm. want God out mm-hmm. the whole state, all of them, you know? Because they and don't want to be accountable. Mm-mm, exactly, exactly. They don't want to be accountable. They want to walk in their sin, and they don't want to be accountable. You know, and I don't care what, I was shouted from the rooftop, this is a Christian nation. It was founded on a Christian nation, and I'm very disappointed that uh, you can't go in any other culture and erase their history. Why can't you do it in the United States? This history is based on faith. This nation was based on faith. It wasn't based on a race. It was based on faith. Mm-hmm. It really was. It was based on faith. Just as much as our, our Israel counterparts, our older elder brothers that we're adopting their family, that theirs is based on faith, what God gave them that land. God gave mm-hmm. this land to the Christians. To those mm-hmm. of, and, and this land was based on faith. It was founded on the word. 
And right. so to, to, to take away the heritage, I don't mind you giving people a right to worship. And forgive me for changing this little subject right here, but I'm going to hit the nugget and run. I, I don't think Sorry, that we should have the right to give them the freedom of religion and the freedom of what they want to do because we, because they came up and won that freedom. But why take away the history and of the nation? And why take it out from schools? And why take it out of the government when this nation, that's who this nation is? Because it was a cunning ploy of the enemy to destroy our youth. Because if he can destroy our youth, then he destroys the foundation of the future. And that's exactly what has happened. When I pray about this country, I start off with one nation under God, indivisible. Come on now. Indivisible. One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. That was how we were founded. That is the principle. That's what we have to go back to. That's what we need to start. One nation under God, indivisible, which means we are not a divided nation. It ain't about you over here and I'm over there. We are united in God, one nation under God. And that, and and clearly indivisible, meaning so everybody can see what we are. Absolutely. <laughs> we got nothing to hide, you know, but amen, amen. I just, um, you know, I, I definitely uh, like the topic that the Holy Spirit gave you. I'm honored to, to be here with you and, to, and with all the other callers and, and um, are those in the chat room and even those that's coming in the archives? I'm honored to participate. I think this is an awesome word to just, you know, if you've heard all of it tonight, you want to go back and go in the archives. And if you're in the archives, you want to go again because <laughs> because there was some sweet nuggets and some sweet teaching, woman of God. Definitely, this is an awesome assignment. It really is. Hey, man, I just, you know what? I thank God. I, my heart. I, and this is the honest of God truth. My heart is to encourage people to grow in their intimate time with God, to grow in their knowledge of God, to grow in their relationship with God, because that is what's going to see you through. That's what's going to propel you to where it is that God created you to go to. You know, it's not about what you can do on your own. It's about what you do in him. Only what you do in Christ will last. So it's all about him. It literally is all about him. It's it's like it, it, I want to see God become the passion of people. Mm-hmm. Instead of them being so passionate about money and so passionate about where they live and so passionate about this cause and passionate about that cause, and I, I, I support the causes. I understand, okay? But the greatest cause mm. is the cause of Christ. The greatest cause, the greatest passion that you need to have is the passion that's found in Christ. That's the passion that we need to develop. And that only is found in intimate times with him. That's the only place that passion is going to really come alive is when we share in intimate times with God. We have a caller on the line. Looks like they put their little hand up. And, um, caller, you have something you'd like to share. It's the number. It's a long number. It starts with, Two, three, two. That's Pastor Sadu. Yes. Oh, amen. Okay. okay. Hello. Yes. Hello. Greetings, Pastor. How are you? I'm doing great. And you? 
Awesome. Awesome in God. Thank you. Yeah, I, God richly bless you for your wonderful teachings on meditating on God. In fact, meditation yes. is a vital activity that every child of God should practice. You know? Amen. Personally, I believe that uh, at the first level of meditation, you read the scripture and quietly you ponder over it in your mind. The benefit you derive here is that the Holy Spirit is able to drive the Word of God deep into your spirit. Hallelujah. Mm. In Mark 4, the Master, that is Jesus Christ, said, This are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and have no root in themselves, and so endure, but for a lifetime. You know, in Mark chapter 4, Verse 16 to 17, the Bible says the folks in this situation didn't have the way to go down deep into them. And this is where meditation helps you. At a second level of meditation, you quietly mute yourself the thoughts in your mind arising from the first level. At this stage, the word has come from your spirit to your lips. It becomes personal to you. Beyond the written pages, it has become a rima to you, which is God's specific word to you at a specific time for a specific purposes. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. You cease to see it as the writing of Paul, Peter, James, or John. You put your name right in there because God is talking to you. About Amen. You. I hope to see finally, at a third level of meditation, you talk out loud. This level, you require you to find a place where you can be alone so you don't escape others with your shouting. The benefit you derive here is that as you roll the word, you drown every other thought in your consciousness. You shout the devil down and talk your spirit up. Hallelujah. Now that you know the benefit of meditation, get started immediately. Everybody who hear under the sound of uh, Pastor Paulie James, now that you have heard a word, get started immediately. If you will do this consistently, you will become seasoned in the word of God. And your success in the progress will be evident for all to see. Amen. Amen, amen. Wow. Well, that was a blessing. He's gone. <laughs> but amen. Amen, I think it's called drop. But ah, amen, okay, yeah, bless the Lord. I think what he did was went back. I don't know, he's not showing up in the guest, but he he came on Skype and he um, saw the link and he's been listening online. But I haven't seen oh, okay. him in the room, so I don't know how it's been working, but he's been listening online. So I think he knows that we're at the end. He wanted to call. 
because I, I Skype and said, if you have a question or comment, if you can, you know, so so he can save uh, money from when he calls in. He just do it as a question. I understand. Amen. Right. I mean, because um, he's calling from a long ways away. <laughs> long ways away. Amen. Amen. But I thank God for that. You know what? I thank God for his call to action. Amen. You know, I, 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 and that's really important. That's something that you learn in in um, doing PR and doing press releases and different things like that. It's like you know, the last thing you do is you leave the people with a call to action. This is what you need to do. <laughs> yes, yes, that's good. Yes, this is what yes. you need to do. So I thank <laughs> God for him because he came on with the call to action. Now you heard it. Now do it. <laughs> tonight. This has been a blessing. And I always enjoy sharing with you. I thank God for you um, because, and I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God placed us together as sisters in in the Lord um, because of the kindred spirit. It's so vitally important, and and please, those of you that are hearing, hearing this broadcast, to align yourself with someone of like-mindedness in the Word of God, like-mindedness in the Spirit of God, someone that you know, that you know, that you know, spends quality time with the Father. Very, very important because if they're spending quality time with God, then they're seasoned, they're big, they're becoming seasoned. Even, excuse me, um, women's ministry that I share with Pastor Charnel. Oh, she going to get me for that one, huh? <laughs> Pastor Charnel. <laughs> I was going to tell you. It I just came out. out. Yeah, it just came out. out. But <laughs> amen. Ooh, huh. Hallelujah. Anyhow. <laughs> um, anyway, though, but it's covenant daughters, skilled and seasoned. I'm not taking it back either. Covenant daughters, <laughs> Skilled and seasoned. You you want to become skilled and seasoned in your walk with God, and that only happens through your meditation with God, through your your koinonia with God, through your fellowship with God. You're never going to become skilled as a part time associate. You don't. You cannot sharpen your skills like that. You cannot become skilled out on the inner outer court, peeping in. You got to come in. You got to come all the way into the holies of holies to become skilled, to become sharp in the Word of God, because that's the place that you have to aspire to be. Because that's that's what you're walking. You're going to become a living, breathing epistle to the glory of God. Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. So I just extend also, likewise, thank you, Pastor Sadu, and, and I join in with you extending that call to action that you take time to meditate on the Word of God, meditate on the goodness of God, meditate on the fact that you are a child of God, meditate on the fact that you have been fearfully and wonderfully made to will and to do of his good pleasure, and he's got you. 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 
you can trust him. We started off tonight talking about disappointments and why people back up from that place of trusting God. But let me tell you, you can trust him. He'll even heal the hurts from the disappointment. But you can trust him. Um, Pastor Dorothy, I'm going to ask you if you'll just pray us out tonight. we got about three minutes left, and I would just love for you to take us into the throne room of God on our way to closing tonight. Amen. With pleasure, with honor. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, most high God, we, first of all, thank you so much for loving us, Lord, for sending and giving us your only begotten son. Thank you so much for your mercy that is new to us every morning. We thank you so much, Daddy, and we love you, and we give you praise, God. We just cease not to just honor you, Lord God. We cease not to adore you. We just want to cease take advantage of every moment to just say thank you, Lord. Thank you for your mercy and your grace. Thank you for your love and your goodness. Thank you, Lord God, for your new mercies every day. Thank you for your word that will never return void, but it does exactly what it says. Thank you for being the same today, yesterday, and forever, and for your promises that are yes and amen. Thank you so much, God, that you love us so much, that your grace, you give us an opportunity to, to learn how to live right before you. So I pray over this broadcast tonight, God, and I thank you for the word of the Lord from the woman of God tonight. I even say, God, bless, restore, refresh, and replenish her. Father God, continue to rejuvenate her, Lord God. Continue to, as as she fellowship with you, Holy Spirit, continue to download and give us more of of passions in her heart to pour out to us, Lord God, to stir up the thirst in us to want more of you. So, Father, I thank you for that. I pray for the listeners that are live tonight, Lord God, and the blood of Jesus over them, wherever they're listening, around the world. We just thank you, Lord God, for that. We pray for them, Lord God, that they heard the word, that the word would land on good ground in their hearts, and they would meditate. On your word, Father. And we thank you for those that are listening even on the archives right now. And we pray, Lord God, that they listen even to this closing prayer that they receive. And they make a promise. Um, They make a, a covenant with you, Lord, to say that they will meditate on your word. They will take it to another level in their life, meditating on your word, Lord God. And we seek and hunger for you, Lord God. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to give us more hunger. We can do nothing without you. So give us the hunger and thirst so that we can continue to want more of you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And we give you honor and praise. And we bless this broadcast tonight with the blood of Jesus. And we thank you for all that it would touch, that they will be healed, restored, delivered, Lord God. And most of all, that they will get into a a greater relationship with you in Jesus' mighty name. And we thank you so much, Lord, for your grace. And those that are being restored, I pray for healing right now over you that are being delivered right now. I pray for deliverance. I've come against any guilt and condemnation, and he's forgiven you if you repent. He's accepting you. It's just that simple. And receive him as your Lord. Come back home to him and let him continue to cover you, those of you that are being restored. And those of you that are comforting your faith, I pray that God stir up a hunger to just want more, to take it to a, a a deeper and a deeper walk with him. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. I decree that it is so. Thank you so, so much again, my sister. This has been a blessing and uh, an honor. And amen. And I just pray God's grace and mercy be upon all that have tuned in and that 
are yet to hear and listen through the archives. And we just give God all the glory and the praise. Amen. Really do. In Jesus' name. Well, you have a blessed, blessed night and a blessed weekend. We're going to look into seeing you next week. Amen. 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 Praise God. God bless. Bye-bye.